Welcome to the Perky Collar Radio Show, where we talk to entrepreneurs from across the globe to learn why they started their company, what mistakes they've made, what they learned from those mistakes, and they all share an incredible success story. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Perky Collar Radio Show. I'm your host, David M. Frankel. Today, I'm so excited to introduce to you, all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Nicole Morgan. She's the founder and CEO of Resolute PR. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing all right. You know, it's a little early here in Tulsa, but it's a great way to start the day. Exactly right. Well, I appreciate you sharing your morning with me. I'm sure the heck, uh, hustle and bustle with kids, and then you get to sit down, enjoy your coffee, and you get to talk to me. So that's exactly. excellent. <laughs> and all of our listeners, too. They're all excited to hear about your business. So kick us off, uh, Nicole, with the why. Why did you start Resolute PR? Um, well, I had, I've always worked in the agency world. I uh, worked for a startup agency when I first graduated from school, um, worked there for 10 years and <clears throat> had kind of seen that company through um, a lot of growth, a lot of change, but the company had gotten to the point where it was going to be closing just because the owner had other interests. And so um, I, I kind of was faced with this decision of, okay, do I get a job somewhere and go work for someone and maybe go corporate America, which seemed really scary to me because I'd only worked in an agency. Uh, and to me, the easier decision was to just start my own agency and see if I could do it on my own. And so that's what I did. And that's been nine years ago now. Nine years. Very good. So you took that leap of faith. I did. <laughs> Excellent. I'm sure a lot of my listeners are like, I want to leave. I'm just not sure it's the right time. How do you know yeah. it's the right time, Nicole? Give us the magic sauce. What's the, how do you know it's the right time to take a leap? Uh, well, I mean, as part of where my company name came from, I, there were just a multitude of factors that were all pointing to feeling resolute in my decision. Um, and I mean, there were, there were two weeks of hell, you know, where you're just like, is this really the right time? Is this really what I should be doing? You know, would people hire me? And you question all the things, but everything just kind of started to fall more and more into place. And, you know, I had someone say to me, the ship's already left the harbor. I can tell you've already made this decision. You just need to realize that you have, because I'd already lined up a banker and I'd already done all the things. Um, so I, I just think at some point, you know, if you, if you have the drive and, and a thick enough skin to go for it, then do it. Very good. That's a very tough question. You handled it very, very well. <laughs> yeah. Most people be asking that question like, I don't know, when is the perfect time? Is this the there perfect time? You start asking yourself, like, is this the best time to get married? Is it the best time to have kids? Like, there's it's all these questions in life that there is no right answer. You just got to do what's right for you. Right. And no matter what you do, you look back and say, I should have started sooner. Uh, or you'll sit back and say, man, would I wait? why did I wait so long? You know, those are all the things that we always say. But we kept dragging our feet, dragging our feet, because we like the corporate job. We like the benefits. We like some of the perks that come along with it. But are we happy? Are we enjoying what we do every single day? Is it going to give us opportunity? Is it going to give us growth potential? If the answer is no, then what are you waiting for? You know, it's like, just go for it. And you're going to make mistakes and you're going to fail. And that's okay. Like we're so programmed in school, never to fail. Failing's bad. But it's like, you know what? That's when you learn. And if you're not failing, it means you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, very good, Nicole. Uh, I appreciate you sharing why you started. So if you don't mind for the listeners, give us a range of services that your agency provides. 
So we do a lot of the, you know, typical things that a, that a PR firm does, although I think my mom still doesn't know quite what I do, so I will explain that. Um, I'm sure she's listening very carefully, so she knows the answer too. Next time someone asks her at lunch, what does your daughter do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we do a lot of uh, internal communications, helping our clients generate um, media, you know, publicity, helping them prepare for those interviews, training them, really making sure that they have their messaging locked down and they're clear on what it is that they're trying to communicate. Um, we do crisis communication. So, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, things don't go as planned for companies or there could be a change in leadership. And so we help kind of transition that, making sure that the new leader is really seen as an expert in their industry. Uh, and then we do a lot of internal communications too. Uh, and then kind of the other side of the business that I, it was very important to me that this was there from the very beginning was a marketing side that really focused on digital marketing because as um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to in different markets, the media landscape has changed so much and the opportunities to generate publicity are becoming less and less, they're becoming more difficult. And so companies are really having to rely more on media that they own through social media or through digital ads, um, which can actually be very targeted and very effective to help supplement getting that message out there. So those were kind of the two arms of the business that I grew from the beginning. Um, but the thing that I'm really excited about is that in the last couple of years, uh, as we've been listening to our clients and really understanding what their struggles are, we've identified that workforce recruitment is a big gap that they're struggling with. Um, I've talked to a lot of company owners and manufacturing who say, hey, the demand is there, but if I don't have the people to make the thing, then I'm stuck and I can't fulfill the amount of orders um, that, I, that are coming in. And so we actually developed a service area where we're coming along HR directors and HR departments or business owners to help them recruit enough applicants to where they can make wise hiring decisions. I think it's one of the biggest nightmares of business ownership is having that balance of work and employees. And yeah. just make sure that your employees have plenty of work to do, but you, but you have enough work to keep them busy. And then it's that, that balance. Okay, I need to go out and find more work for my employees. Or I just lost an account. Now I have all this these employees without the work, and I have to start laying people off. And it's that, that balance of workflow and employees is always so challenging. And I think it's the scariest part of scaling is are we ready to take to the next level? Can I hire more people? Can I find more people in these departments to fill in the voids? Can I find people that specialize in these categories or maybe things I'm not great at. Can I find people that can do those things for the company so I can just relieve myself on having to do that ever again and let people that do it and do it well and enjoy it, most importantly, do it for the company instead. And that balance is so challenging. Oh, it is. I mean, I remember, I, well, I kind of got to start my company with an employee. I, I had an employee at the previous agency that I'd worked with um, that I we just worked really well together. And so I ended up bringing her on almost immediately as my first employee. Um, but, you know, growing beyond that and being responsible for that salary and knowing, um, okay, this is, this is becoming more than just my own livelihood. Now I have multiple people. I remember seeing a group photo and we were up to seven people and I was like, oh my my gosh, that's a lot of people to be responsible for. Um, but you need, you really need people who are skilled in those specific areas, like you said, and that are going to help um, broaden the amount of work that you do. For me, I'm always looking for people who can build on each other's strengths and, and, you know, continue to expand what we do as an agency. Um, 
But what's interesting in kind of this line of work with the workforce recruitment that we've been doing is that it's really mainly been for positions that have a lot of turnover, they're hourly positions, they might be in manufacturing or healthcare or food and beverage, where that demand is always there. I mean, how many restaurants have you gone to where they have a we're hiring sign? Um, they just cycle through people so quickly. And part of it is because this these industries have not typically been flexible. They haven't maybe... Um, been paying at a level that really um, will entice an employee to stay long-term. And so they're having to go through a lot of changes to keep up with how workforce behavior has changed. Yeah, and I work in the, a mall here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's you see people jumping from retail to retail to, to restaurant to restaurant. I mean, it's just like there's no wealth anymore. It's like, right. are you paid $2 more an hour? I'm out of here. I'm like, you don't even exactly. know the culture. You don't know what the working tile. You just, you just hear the $2 an hour. You jump, and then half the time they end up going back to their previous job. Like, oh my gosh, it was not worth the extra two dollars an hour. But you yes. leave training all the skill sets, everything you did, you know, and that company count on you to fill certain schedules and you know the hours of the mall and so on and so forth. And you just take off, you dip with no notice, and just leave. And then you come back two weeks later, like, man, you're right, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have left. Like, <laughs> well, you know what? That's how you're gonna leave us. I'm not sure I want to rehire you. You know, yeah, but there totally. are people that want to work in a mall, but that kind of work is very challenging because, like you said, the hourly rate is one of those weights that uh, continue to go up and some companies can afford it, some people can't. And then what's the end result? If we're all paying guys at Chick-fil-A and McDonald's and Wendy's 15, 17, 20 dollars an hour, then what's the price of our food gonna go up to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we need yeah, to absorb it somewhere. I think food and beverage is gonna be a really tough nut to crack, honestly, because of what you just said. Um, you know, eventually that, that cost gets passed on the consumer and what is a consumer willing to pay for a McDonald's hamburger? (laughs) That'll be tough. Um, but you know, for other positions like in manufacturing, this workforce issue even predates COVID and changes in workforce behavior. Um, you know, those are jobs that typically have been long hours. They've been in hot conditions. There hasn't been a lot of flexibility, um, but they're, they're really good paying jobs. And so having to convince people, hey, this is a career that you should consider going into, you know, if you're maybe not uh, wanting to go to college and have a more traditional job, this is something that can pay you very well, um, and has a lot of growth potential. And so, you know, those are some of the things that we're working on as well. Yeah, I can only imagine you know, working in a really hot condition, especially in the south of the summer. It just becomes unbearable. And you're like, there's got to be a better job out there than what I'm doing here. But maybe the AC is broken for a short period of time. Maybe you just don't know what the situation is. But it's hard when your neighbors talk to you about their jobs or like in the mall, you're walking by altered stages paying $17 an hour. You're walking by Banana Republic is paying $19 an hour. So you have all these temptations as you're trying to walk to your job. You know, all these people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, physically recruiting you, but by their signs saying not hiring, not hiring at this rate, it's like, how does it not te- you know, get your attention and get you tempted to, to jump ship? So it is definitely a tough time for workforce recruitment and, and stability and loyalty, I think, is the, the key word there. How do you create a loyal staff? It's so tricky. I think it has a lot to do with the culture and motivating and, you know, room for growth. I mean, there's just a lot of factors in there that helps people retain their employees. And loyalty is one I, I'm a big, big advocate of. How do you create loyal employees uh, so that they're not even looking? They ignore those signs and they walk by other opportunities. Yeah. So we actually dug into this because um, as we were working with companies, we were finding that they were they were getting so desperate. They were just literally throwing every benefit they could out there, you know, increasing what people could put into their retirement and offering 
additional PTO and having a huge sign-on bonus. I mean, they were just throwing everything out there um, trying to see what would stick. And so we were curious, what is it that will really um, A, entice people to come, but B, will also be fair to the employees that you have and will um, get them to stay because it's way more expensive to hire a new employee and get them trained and up and running than it is to keep the employees that you have and and maybe give them a raise or some additional benefits. And so a few things that we found out were one that a lot of people are, they're very intrigued by this remote work opportunity and are looking for ways, maybe even holding off on looking for a job because they're hoping that they can maybe find something else that would be um, a remote work opportunity. Um, another thing that we saw was that a lot of people wanted more flexibility. Uh, you know, they wanted to be able to, to take a day off, no questions asked, which we thought was really interesting because almost every company has some component of vacation time. But I think what people were saying was, I want to be able to take the day off and not feel crappy about it. Um, you know, sometimes employers will make people feel guilty or like it's this huge inconvenience if you're going to take the day off and they want to be able to, to just take that off. They've earned it and it's a part of their benefits package. So there were some really interesting things that came out of that study that I think have really changed how we're, um, how we're marketing to these potential employers. It makes a lot of sense. And I think ever since COVID, people didn't realize working from home was even an option. And since COVID... I think every company needs to have a work from home, whether it be one day, two days, three days option. But I think the companies also struggle with culture because now they got everybody working independently. So mental right. health becomes an issue because no one's around people anymore. You know, there's just so many other new things that they're dealing with they never had to deal with before because of COVID. And just the camaraderie and the, you know, the brainstorming and problem solving, it's not the same when no one's in the same office anymore. And they're really trying to get people back in the office. But at the same time, like you just said, there's a lot of employees that feel like, hey, you know what? If I can work from home, that's better for me. I save the compute. I, it makes it easier on the kids. I'm home for the kids when they come home from school. So you start running through all these benefits of working from home, but the company still wants that, that great brain power uh, when people get together. So it's a tough balancing act, but maybe there's a nice happy medium somewhere out there that can make our, the employees happier. Yeah, I mean, for my agency, we, it was really tough for us when we were working from home full time brainstorming is a great example of one thing that is really hard to do over zoom um, and building that culture, you know, that we definitely struggled through that. And so we went to a hybrid environment where we work in the office two and a half days a week. And then we work from home the other two and a half. Uh, that has been great for our employees. We've even had new employees come in and say, I would pr much prefer this than being a hundred percent in the office or a hundred percent at home even because I like coming in to work and, and kind of having that structure, but then also having the flexibility. I think where that gets tough though, is that there are some industries where that's frankly just not possible. I mean, you can't build a machine part from your house um, or be a doctor from your house or a nurse, you know? So there are certain industries where that's just not possible. And, um, and so then you kind of have to look at, okay, well, what are some of these other benefits and real trigger pain points that the employees have that maybe could be worked on. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point. And uh, the part about the doctor being not in person, I'm just really amazed with COVID having these uh, webinars with doctors now. They diagnose mm -hmm. you on your computer on a webcam. I'm like, holy cow, like you can't see, feel, touch me. How do you know where the pain is? How do you, I mean, there's certain things you just can't diagnose over the computer, but it's amazing how many things now can be done virtually 
over the computer that we would never thought of five or 10 years ago. We just consider that impossible. And suddenly COVID forced us to make some of these things now possible. So it's right. really interesting. And, and just, it's an amazing world we're in now. And it's like, if we thought things weren't even an option, you have to think again before you say it's not possible because some things are possible now that weren't possible uh, previously. So it's always very interesting how we evolve as a, as a country and how COVID forced us to make to be open-minded or change how we do some things um, because of the you know the, the, the pandemic. Yes. So the, let's shift gears uh, back to Resolute PR. Uh, as you've grown this company over the last nine years, and again, thank you so much for all the PR information as far as HR and workings. I think it's something that a lot of my listeners can relate to. And mm-hmm. it is a challenge for all businesses out there. How do I hire? How do I train? How do I keep my workflow going? Uh, so that's why it gave us more time for that. So I appreciate that. But I want to get back to your business and what you've done and how you've grown it. Uh, remind me of a, maybe or share with us maybe a mistake you made or a challenge you faced uh, along the way of growing and scaling the business. You mentioned it was you and you brought on one person. And at some point you brought on a third person or a, a second person to you making it a third person total. Uh, yeah. Maybe a challenge you ran into along the way in that growth process. And then if you don't mind following up with what you learned from that mistake or that challenge. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we grew really rapidly. I, I think, <laughs> I don't even know for sure at this point, I think we got up to 14 people in a really short amount of time. I mean, just in a, within a couple of years and, um, you know, my degrees in journalism, it's not in business. There were a lot of things that I was having to bring in experts along the way and that I was really aware of not, um, necessarily being in my wheelhouse. And I was very comfortable with that. I, I've never had a problem bringing on, um, you know, different contractors or, or things if, if it was something that was outside of my purview. Um, but what I think was surprising to me was that I have always been, I think, a pretty good people person. That's why people typically get into PR. They get along with a lot of people. They're good at mediating. Um, they are good listeners. They can, you know, kind of hear people out and understand their struggles and try to find a resolution. Um, that does not necessarily make you a good HR person. (laughs) And, uh, what I, what I thought I could do was run a business with uh, kind of this, everybody's on the same level and we're all friends here and we're all going to get along and just do the work. Um, and that just, does not work at a certain level. And so, you know, trying to keep up with the work, I think I made some probably too fast hiring decisions where I wasn't really looking at what is our culture and, you know, outside of the skills, what is it going to take for someone to really fit into this team? And what do I envision for this team? I was just running a million miles a minute and got to the point where it just honestly got too big for me um, because I hadn't done the planning. So, I, it was a rough couple years where you're, you're trying to navigate all of that and just the internal culture doesn't really match the output um, and kind of had to work through that, had to let some people go, had to allow some natural attrition and get things back to a level that I could kind of wrap my arms around and then uh, create a structure. You know, not everybody should be reporting to me. 14 people reporting to you is a lot <laughs> in a small business. Um, and it also creates a lot of really weird dynamics when you have an entry-level employee talking to the CEO about an issue that they had with another employee. Um, and so really encouraging people to have those conversations one-on-one, um, having more clarity on what people's roles were and not just having this all-hands-on-deck approach. And 
and really, um, you know, a creating hierarchy, which I just never thought I really needed or wanted, but, um, that was a real game changer for me once I finally put that into place. Let's bring up a great point. I think every business owner wants to be involved in everything initially and wear all these hats to save on expenses and hiring more people and so on and so forth. But like you said, exactly right. It's, it's so hard when you have so many things to do, you don't necessarily want to deal with all the little things and they need to be able to problem solve themselves or have someone that can, they can go to uh, that help solve some of the simple stuff. Um, yeah. But then it's also about us giving up control. And as an entrepreneur, it's hard to give up control until you know they can handle it th- themselves as well as you can handle it. And that's a yeah. hard to be where like, okay, I'm trusting you to be my eyes and ears in the factory, in the office, on the Zoom call, because I can't be there. I have to be somewhere else. And it's just like you just pray and hope that it all works out. And that's mm-hmm. how you know if you're the right person or not. Like, is it a good fit? You know, the culture, is it match your mission statement, your vision? You know, and but it's hard. You got to let go. And I think that's the biggest key. The biggest takeaway is that if you're going to scale and you're going to grow, you got to hire people. And if you're going to hire people, you got to trust them and you got to train them. I love the phrase hire hard and train easy. And I think sometimes we have, we have a lot of band-aids that we need to give out. We have a lot of problems to fix quickly and we don't necessarily hire as hard as we should. And then we end up replacing them later because they were the wrong hire. But it's, you know, yeah. it's little things, all these little nuances of control, but we want to give away control, but we got to trust. It's a lot of balancing. Yeah. But I think once you work through it and, and get over that hump, it's so worth it on the other end. I mean, I actually have two employees that I just promoted to vice president, which I've never had that role within my company. And I'm just so excited to be in a position where I, I do, I fully trust them to run those accounts and to, I don't, I don't need to touch it on that level. Um, in fact, there are people who work for me that are way better at it than I ever was. And, um, and things run more smoothly when I don't get involved on that level. Um, and I can really focus more on, on the strategy and being visionary and our being the face of our company and getting out there. So, you know, the other side though, to that coin that I would, I would just throw out there if someone is trying to decide if they want to bring on another employee or not, is that it's okay if you don't want to, I mean, you can totally have a business with just you. And it's just going to be a very different kind of business. And you're going to be, um, you're going to be a lot more selective, I hope, on what you take on. Um, and it's only going to be as much as you can manage. And for some people, that's all they want. And I felt this enormous pressure of just needing to hire people, but I never really stopped to think through, is that really what I want? I just kind of, it just happened. <laughs> um, but I, I wish that I had maybe... Uh, been just been a little more thoughtful about that decision. Um, I think that could have saved me from some of those mistakes. Yeah. And I think there's nothing, and I'm glad you brought that up because there's nothing wrong with being a solopreneur. You do everything, you take on the clients you want, and that's it. The only issue I have with that is long-term your exit strategy because all of us are trading time for money. And if you don't Mm -hmm. bring anyone else on, you do everything yourself. Once you stop putting the time in, the money stops. So I think the one, the one benefit to, if you can get past that and hire people and trust people and train them properly and build a team around you, you can then pull yourself away from the business, go on vacations, go places, do things you enjoy. Like you said, work on strategy and tactics, other things, working in the business versus on the business is always a popular topic. And I think you can start working more on the business if you can find those people that you trust to work in the business a little more and you can pull away. And then as you get closer to retirement, the business keep going right. and you can sell the business. It's not really a sellable business if you're the only person doing it. 
So that's another thing to think about too, is if at some point you want to exit the business, you want to sell the business at a decent valuation, you want to find some people in place that can keep it moving if you, even if you remove yourself from the business. Yes, agreed. So that's, that's a tricky one too. And again, this is how, about having that goal, that one-year goal, three-year goal, five-year goal, 10-year goal, and having those things in mind, or at least think about them and keep, it's a working, breathing document. Keep trying to figure out where do you see yourself? Because I think that also helps with the scaling and uh, hiring decisions based on what you want to do. If you just want to be a solopreneur, hey, do it. What works for you? And at 65, you turn the company off and you're done. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's nice to have that cash flow while you're retired. <laughs> so yeah. I think agree that yep. you know, like to keep the money flowing even when you're not physically working anymore. That's the dream. So, uh, Nicole, give me a great success story. Obviously, in nine years, I'm sure you've met a lot of wonderful people. I've had a lot of wonderful clients. Your clients have had tremendous success. I'm sure there's some creatives that you're really excited about. Uh, I recently read a book uh, by the Harmon Brothers um, from Poop to Gold, uh, kind of a silly name. But it was basically talking about you know, how you can take a really silly concept and make it incredible. It, it was referring to the squatty potty and how they took a simple concept of using the restroom and make it into this multi-billion dollar device. Uh, but it was just talking about how creative they were in promoting products and things they did in commercials that just got people's attention and the wow factor. Is there a, uh, a success story, a campaign, a situation, a client you landed that you're just incredibly proud of that reinforces the why you started this business to begin with? Oh, okay. Well, so this one is hard for me to answer because like, as you're talking, my brain is just pinging with so many different examples. Um, and unfortunately, none of them are probably going to be as exciting as the Squatty Potty. That's a pretty <laughs> unique product. Squatty Potty does um, it at a high level. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, just an example of us growing with an organization um, that I think is, is interesting. So Tulsa, Oklahoma, we're in the middle of the country. We're landlocked. Um, we actually have the most inland waterway in the country. We have shipments that come all the way from China, all the way up the Mississippi and, and into Tulsa. It's a really unique um, uh, facility that we have here. And it's, it used to be called the Tulsa Port of Catoosa because it was the Tulsa port, but it was actually located in a community called Catoosa. Um, and so this, this port, I worked with them, worked with them at my previous agency. They ended up coming back to me several years after I started Resolute. Um, and they, one of the things that they were struggling with, with was they would go to these huge trade shows and people would say, I've heard of Tulsa, but what's a Catoosa? And they had this logo that was this little tugboat. And so you, I mean, that doesn't really um, paint the picture that this is a massive industrial complex that you can, you know, load your stuff right onto a train. They have trucking. Um, it's, this is not just a waterway. And, and some of these things that they're shipping on the waterway are so huge. You literally cannot ship them any other way um, because they won't fit on a highway. So this is, this is a really big economic driver for Oklahoma and for the Midwest. And uh, so it kind of started these conversations. They'd had a change in leadership and were kind of looking toward the future. They were celebrating 50 years of this port being in existence. And so we took that as an opportunity to say, we think it's time for you to rebrand and not just talk about the waterway, but talk about this huge complex that you have and all the services that you provide. And so, um, you know, it took a little while. There are some there are some legacy board members that have been very involved in the port for decades and really 
helping them to see how this was going to benefit them in the future. But, you know, we, we were able to turn that ship pun intended. Um, and so now it's called Toll Supports. They actually acquired a huge uh, plot of land in another community, not far away. And so that was another impetus for making this decision. Um, that also led to some really great, um, you know, video and branding that showed what a career in a manufacturing company at the port might look like. And so that kind of goes back to some of these workforce campaigns that we've been working on. Uh, we've been helping uh, recruit potential employees for these companies that have been struggling for years trying to fill these open positions. So it's it really turned into more than just us helping them on an hourly basis in case there was a crisis or something going on. But now we really are their marketing engine to help them move all of those things. And that's, that's a major feat. I mean, truly, to get a company that's that big um, and that's been around for so long to change their marketing, their branding, and there's, a, like you said, people on the board that say, no, this is, this is how we've always done it. Let's just keep doing it this way. Well, if you're not seeing the growth you want, you're not seeing the sales you want, then something has to change. And like you said, exactly, and you said pun intended, I was thinking of the Titanic as you were talking, you know, how hard it is to move a ship that's that big and the change yeah. what you're doing. And you have to be a visionary. If you can't paint the picture, they'll never change. And I'm sure even once you make the change, they're still fighting the change until they see results. Like, okay, maybe Nicole was right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I have to give a lot of credit to Lacey on my team because she she worked on this tirelessly for years to, to get that move. But I, they have drank the Kool-Aid. I mean, they have seen the benefits of what making this change has done for them. Um, the conversations that we have are just, they're so collaborative now. We understand where they're going as an organization and it, it continues to spur new ideas. So I, I think another lesson for any of your listeners, if they're thinking about engaging a PR or a marketing firm, is that this is a great example of where that partnership is so important because you can't just rely on, on the agency to do all of the work, nor can the agency agency rely on the company to just tell them what to do. You really have to be coming up with those strategies together so that you're in lockstep. Yeah, because obviously you can come up with these great ideas. They don't implement it. It doesn't matter. So you have to be on the same page. You have to be open-minded, willing to change, willingness to grow, and willing to be uncomfortable. And everybody mm -hmm. has to be uncomfortable. Everyone likes to keep doing the same old thing, status quo. But in order for change to happen, it's like the definition of insanity, expecting different results, doing the same thing over and over again. And your right. business encourages change and since everybody hates it you have to find a way to like a teaspoon of sugar helps medicine go down you got to find a way like hey you know what i know this is uncomfortable you're not my first client hang in there but here's mm -hmm. the here's the opportunity here's here's the where you're going to be if you listen to me and follow these steps and one of the phrases i learned when i was in i think it was even early college from a company i worked for for 12 years was the mission is the vision i think that's all about pr if you can help the company see what you see, then the, half the job is done. And then they'll all get on board to achieve that goal. Yeah. Yeah. And orthodontists are the same way. Orthodontists take on clients all the time that have, you know, you know, different challenges when it comes to their teeth. But the, the orthodontist can say, hey, here's the situation now. I know you don't like to smile. I know it's uncomfortable for you. I know you're not proud to smile. But here with our technology, here with our different braces and different strategies, here's what your smile could be. And someone sees that new smile, it's like, oh my gosh, I never thought I could ever look that beautiful. So it's mm. up to that person that's in charge of the project to say, here's the potential. Are you ready? And I need you to be on board with me and let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super exciting. 
Well, Nicole, thank you so much for being on the show. I learned so much from you, and uh, I, I find what you do very exciting, a lot of fun. Uh, please share with all of our listening audience how they can get a hold of you, how they can hire you. Uh, do you only take on uh, clients in Tulsa? Are you able to go nationwide, global? What is your outreach? Yeah, no, we are able to take on clients nationally. So our website is resolutepr.com. I will also throw out that if you're interested in that research study that we did, um, we have a newsletter specifically for that where we release different findings um, related to what people are looking for in a job and, and benefits. And that's at resolutepr.com slash workforce dash research. Um, and then you can always email me at Nicole at resolutepr.com. Awesome. Uh, social media handles at all? LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? Yeah. Okay. We have links to all of those on our website. So okay. just scroll to the bottom and you can connect with us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And just to make sure I heard you correctly, and I'm going to put this in a summary for those that missed it uh, verbally, it was resolutepr.com slash workforce slash research? Dash, dash research. Dash research. Got it. Perfect. Yep. No, I think it's great information for anyone that owns a business to know what the latest trends are and understand what people want. That's half the battle. You can't read minds. But if you have a research study that's already been proven to tell you what people are looking for, it's definitely something to keep in mind as we evolve into 2024 and look at our benefits packages and our comp packages. What do people want? Let's give people what they want, not just things we think they want or need. And if we haven't looked at it in five years or 10 years, changes have occurred. People want different things now than they did in 2020, in 2010. So we have to stay on top of it when I retain uh, our, our employees and have a loyalty uh, amongst our team. Yes. Well, Nicole, thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was great. Oh, good. I'm glad you are on the show. And I, got, I appreciate you sharing your expertise. And you've listened to another episode of the Tiffy Collar Radio Show. Thank you for tuning in. What is the Perky Collar? It is a collar support system for dress shirts. That's right, over 18,000 of these amazing devices have been sold globally. How does it work? Lift the collar, add the Perky Collar with the long tapered ends on top, lower your collar on top. Adjust to make sure it's even around the collar, and that's it. You've now transformed your droopy, saggy dress shirt collar to a brand new looking dress shirt ready to tackle Sweaters, jackets, blazers, and the collar still stays nice and tall. How do you find it? The website is perkyllc.com. That's spelled P as in Paul, E as in Elephant, R as in Robert, K as in Kangaroo, Y as in Yo-Yo, LLC, LarryLarryCharlie.com. That's perkyllc.com. Get yours today, or if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, visiting or live here, feel free to come by South Park Mall's kiosk located between Francesca's and Toomey. Best entrance is Maggiano's and Cheesecake Factory. See you soon. Look your best. Have a great day. Perky LLC is a clothing innovation company. We solve clothing-related problems such as a droopy, saggy dress shirt collar, the pocket square that doesn't seem to sit still properly, it unfolds, it falls down, the shirt that keeps coming untucked, collar stays that keep curling on you, and more and more issues with your belt, cracking, splitting, holeless belts are the solution. You can adjust them by a quarter inch instead of having to go up an inch or down an inch. What about that lapel you want to use as an accent color to match a dress or as a color accent to your wardrobe? This and many other fun 
fashion accessories are available at perkyllc.com. Beyond innovation, we also have fashion accessories, bow ties, you name it, from feather to blingy to wooden, even wooden ones that move, even wooden ones that showcase the skyline of cities all across the country. Check out perkyllc.com for all these great fashion accessories and innovative solutions. Are you ready to publish your own book? Do you have a story to tell? Does the world need to hear your story? Now is your chance. Go to https colon forward slash go go dot bestsellingbook.com forward slash perky collar radio show. That's right. It's as simple as that. They'll walk you through every step needed to publish your own book. And watch out. Be ready to be an Amazon bestseller, maybe a Wall Street Journal bestseller, or maybe even New York Times bestseller. It all starts with a single step and having the right team around you. Again, go to https colon forward slash go, G-O dot bestsellingbook.com forward slash perky collar radio show. Look forward to seeing your amazing results.